out from his sleeves, shooting two men in the head. As they slumped to the ground lifeless, three other men rushed with weapons brandished, two more finger twitches, and bolts stuck into two more heads. The last man rushed the well-dressed man with a knife, stabbing down at his neck. The well-dressed man was quick. In one fluid movement, he stepped forward under the knife, reaching out and snapping the man's wrist with one hand and slamming his other palm into the man's stomach. As he did this, a blade shot out from his sleeve with a soft mechanic noise, cutting into the bandit. The well-dressed man smiled once more as he slowly stepped back, releasing the bandit. He watched the man slouch down in pain and then stood silently, watching, as he gathered a black handkerchief from under his jacket and used it to clean his blade. Gafgarn had stood up at this point, looking around at the bandits. The one with the pop kneecap was still squirming and whining. Gafgarn kneeled over him and asked, Where is Smidgen? The man just whimpered and held his knee. Tell me where he is. Gafgarn demanded. I can't tell you! Uh, the injured man responded. Uh, he'll kill me! You messed up my knee! Gafgarn grunted. These boots mess up a lot of things. Tell me where your boss is, or I'll show you more they can do. Gafgarn stood and tapped his toes on the floor. He was never a very patient man. The man spoke between pained gasps. Ah, oh, no! Please don't! No more! Further down the road, there's a small trail. Ah, oh, it's real easy to miss. Take that for about a day. Look for a knoll out in the forest. We got to camp out there. Ah, oh, he's there. Ah, oh, man, this really hurts. Good boy, Gafgarn smirked, serving a quick punch to knock the man unconscious. He turned to the well-dressed man, who had begun to walk over. He talked in an eloquent, relaxed, and friendly voice that lubricated the ears like a silky aural molasses, though it flowed like a torrent. Well, old boy, it seems these miscreants lacked a certain kind of wisdom sorely needed for survival. How they thought to best you, I'm quite uncertain. Though the why is very clear. The suit's eyes gazed down at the boots. Gafgarn simply snorted, turned about, and ordered another drink. The suit persisted, unruffled, walking over to the bar and sitting on a stool next to the giant. I do believe I've misplaced my manners. I am Dr. Withersmod Goldstein III. But you, my good sir, may call me Wither. Or Goldstein. I haven't quite decided yet. At this point... Gafgarn was standing with a tankard up to his lips again, facing Wither, looking bored. Wither continued, his smile present even through his eloquent, rapid speech. And you, old boy, in whose shadow do I have the pleasure of being bathed? Hmm? Gafgarn finished his pull and looked down at Wither, responding curiously. I see small arrows in the man you killed. But no weapon. Wither chuckled, amused and pleased by the question. Ha, 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 old boy, what an astute inquiry. I'm sorry to say I must correct you. Those are bolts, not arrows. Typically used in crossbows, you see. One of my beloved inventions, available only up north. 
not utilize this far south very often. So it comes as no surprise your observation would prove inaccurate. You wouldn't recognize it anyhow, being that my weapons are concealed. At this, Wither pulled down a sleeve to show something Gafgarn had never seen before. There was a contraption like a small gauntlet of leather with metal bracings around the wrists and rectangular metal chambers on top and underside of the arm. Both chambers had a hole facing outwards towards the hand. The top chambers were large enough for the small bolts to fit through, and the bottom chambers were long and thin, cut for a blade to slide through. Two rings of metal were worn on the middle and ring finger, with a wiry cable running from each into the chambers. Wither continued, pointing at the chambers and speaking proudly and quickly, I have two small crossbows housed in the upper chamber and a spring-loaded blade in the lower, you see? The cables attached to these two rings have been precisely measured so that a mere flick of a finger may set them off. It's quite simple, really. Don't you agree, old boy? Gafgarn had stood perfectly still during the explanation. He raised an eyebrow and took another pull off his tankard and responded gruffly. I prefer squishing my enemies. <laughs> yes, I so see, Wither acknowledged, looking around the room behind him. He allowed enough silence for a groan or two to reach his ears, smiled at them, and continued. I find your demeanor very interesting, old boy. Your impressive boots belay your humble yet gargantuan appearance, and you seem to forego the use of a stool. Why, I think I saw you slip clear off the bar top. Sweaty palms, perhaps. And did that chair move on its own accord? Gafkarn could see where this conversation was heading, and it annoyed him. He grunted and looked down at the skinny man with a look that could burn a hole through stone. A sensitive subject, then, the weary man smiled, pulling at his mustache. But I remain curious, nonetheless. Perhaps I can risk an educated guess. If one were to believe in magic, I choose cautious skepticism. One could say that your effect or lack of effect on furniture is mystical in nature. One could go further and presume that you are cursed. Uncomfortably. At this, Wither chuckled to himself, smiled mechanically, and continued. Now, look at your attire. Only your footwear seems to stand out as previously foreign to your decorum. One could then leap to say, as I am, that your strange affliction is tied to your stunning shoes. Wither smiled vangloriously at Kafgarn, brimming in the knowledge that he knew he was right. <laughs>